This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 14, Manners Manor. Jake, please don't burp at the dinner table, Jake's mom pleaded in her usual sweet tone. Huh? Oh, you just shot up on me. Jake replied with a mouthful of spaghetti. Can't really stop it once it starts. 
It was normal for Jake to speak with his mouth full, and unfortunately, even more normal for him to chew loudly with his mouth open, giving the rest of his family front row seats to the Jake's Chewed Food Show. It was disgusting. It ruined everyone's appetite. Instead of looking forward to family dinner, Jake's parents and siblings saw it as something to endure, a cruel form of torture. At one point, Jake's parents had considered setting up his own table in another room so they wouldn't have to witness his caveman eating habits. But Jake, as only Jake could do, made an even bigger mess in that room. The living room looked more like a dirty aquarium by the time he was through with it. So his parents gave up on the idea and decided it was better they just keep an eye on him. An eye that was in constant danger of flying food. Ooh! Is that garlic bread? Jake said, spraying food as he spoke. He reached over his sister Candace, elbowing her in the nose and getting his shirt all over her plate of food. As he sat back down with half the bowl of garlic bread, his shirt had a big splatter of tomato sauce across the chest, like a melted Superman logo. Candace stared down at her smeared, contaminated dinner plate. There was no use protesting. She'd done so before, many times in fact. But no matter what she said or how hard her parents tried, Jake continued to be his usual slobbish self. Jake's other sister, Chloe, tried to break the awkward silence. So, I got a B-plus on my science project, she announced. Mrs. Moe said that. Ooh, give me that, Jake interrupted, pointing to the Parmesan cheese shaker next to Chloe. Chloe's eyes twitched, and then she slowly picked up the shaker and handed it to Jake, who grabbed it like a starving monkey and started shaking it wildly with two hands over his food. Anyway, Chloe tried to continue, but had a hard time looking away from the snowy mountain of Parmesan growing on Jake's plate. Mrs. Moe said that it was one of the best projects she'd seen so far. I think it was better than the diorama we did in Mr. Dalbert's class. Nobody was paying any attention to her. Chloe wasn't even paying attention to herself. By this point, Jake was mixing the mountain of Parmesan cheese into his food with his fingers, jabbing, poking, and twisting like his fingers were salad tongs. Once he'd effectively made a delicious meal look like pig schlop, he scooped up a handful and loudly crammed it into his mouth. That's it. I'm out of here, Candace said, shooting up from the table. She froze and quickly remembered her manners. <clears throat> May I be excused? She asked with forced politeness. Take me with you, her mom whispered, reaching for her across the table. Candace excused herself from the table and ran upstairs to her room. Jake, is that my new shirt? Jake's dad asked from across the table. Still chewing like a cow, Jake looked down at the white-collared shirt. Huh? Oh, yeah, I think it is. He reached down and pulled it out for a better look, his messy hands leaving huge saucy paw prints next to the giant tomato circle from Candace's plate. Jake's dad's face was turning red. Chloe thought he was choking, until she saw his trembling finger lower into position and take aim like a bow and arrow at Jake. But before her dad could explode, the doorbell rang. Jake's parents quickly looked at each other. Could it be? 
his mom said. It has to be, his dad mumbled hopefully. They had the look of kids that had just heard the jingle of Santa's sleigh bells on the roof. Together they bolted from their chairs and tried to make themselves look presentable. When they answered it, Jake couldn't see who it was. His mom and dad were blocking his view, almost intentionally, like they were trying to keep whoever was out there from seeing inside. After a few nods and polite goodbyes, they closed the door and turned back around with cheesy grins on their faces. In his mom's hand was a fancy-looking envelope. "'Is that it?' Chloe asked, perking up at the side of the envelope. You'd think Mom was carrying her birthday cake to the table. Equally excited, Jake's mom nodded at her. Jake looked at them confused. What is it? An invitation, his dad said. He watched anxiously as his wife tore open the fancy envelope. An invitation to what? Jake asked. His mom unfolded the note and started to read. Dear Jake Bolton... You are cordially invited to attend the Manor's Manor, where you will be... She was interrupted by cheers from Jake's dad and sister. They were shouting and laughing and giving each other high fives. Jake's mom didn't even bother finishing the letter. She threw it aside and joined in the celebration. For once, Jake swallowed his food before speaking. The Manor's Manor? That's right. It's a miracle, his mom cheered. Wait, what time is it? She looked at the clock. It's still early enough. What are we waiting for? Here, wipe your face up and hop in the car. She tossed a washcloth across the room that wrapped itself around Jake's stunned face. Before he could say a word, his parents picked him up, grabbed a prepacked suitcase from the closet, and tossed him in the car. They drove for hours, it seemed. The whole time, Jake's parents avoided his questions. Instead, they gave him short answers like, You'll love it! Or, It's like a party mansion! And even, We had no choice. That last one had Jake on edge. They had no choice? Where could they possibly be taking him? The van screeched to a stop in front of an enormous mansion. Well, they got the mansion part right, Jake thought. He stepped out of the van and looked up at the five-story brick house. Torch lanterns led the way to the wide-arched French doors that looked like they were built to keep out revolting peasants. Jake's mom gave the door several excited knocks. I don't think they heard you, Jake's dad said. She raised her hand again to the door, but it opened before she could touch it. Jake flinched as a man in what looked like a penguin suit and bow tie seemed to materialize out of thin air. He was tall, with skinny legs and a wide, puffed-out chest. His long face frowned under his big toucan nose. He had frizzy, graying eyebrows, one of which seemed to be permanently stuck in a snooty, raised position. Yes, the man said in a snobbish tone. Jake's mom fumbled for the invitation and then handed it to him. The man took it, read it, and then looked Jake over, noting with distaste the large red stain on his white shirt. "'Well, we all start somewhere, I suppose,' he muttered to himself. "'Welcome, Mr.' He glanced back down at the invitation. "'Bolton, right this way.' 
As Jake was led inside, he saw his parents out the window, celebrating all the way back to the car. He never knew his dad could do a full cartwheel. Whoa! Did his mom just slide across the hood like a bank robber getting into a getaway car? My name is Edgar Humphrey, said the fancy man. I am the headmaster here at the Manor's Manor. You will find... What is this place? Jake interrupted. Ah, an interrupter. That will have to be one of the first things we address. The Manor's Manor, Mr. Bolton, is a world-renowned institution dedicated to eradicating unacceptable habitual behavior. Eradicate? We get rid of your bad manners. I don't have any bad manners, Jake said with his finger in his nose. Of course you don't, Edgar said sarcastically. Allow me to show you around. Edgar directed Jake's attention to the beautiful home that looked more like a fancy museum than an actual house. Marble pillars held up high ceilings. Red velvet drapes covered three-story windows. Portraits and bookshelves lined the walls, and almost every room had a fireplace. Jake didn't even realize something like this existed anywhere near his house. How had he not heard about this place? What bad manners was this penguin guy talking about? How long was he supposed to hang out here? Why couldn't he reach this booger? A million questions filled his mind. Hello, said a well-dressed boy about Jake's age. Welcome to the manor. He spoke in a pleasant British accent. Jake nodded at the boy awkwardly and then continued to follow Edgar down the hall. Up ahead, a cute girl in a fancy dress came into view. She was carrying a stack of books. Nice of you to join us, she said with an accent, curtsying. Once again, all Jake could do was grunt and nod like a bozo. This was getting a little weird. Who were all these fancy-pants kids? Another one, much bigger than Jake, bumped into him hard. Out of my way, the big kid said, practically shoving Jake into the wall. Edgar immediately snapped his fingers and the boy stiffened. Uh-uh, Chuck. What do we say when we bump into someone? He quizzed. The big boy's eyes shot up and they searched his tiny brain for an answer. Uh, oh yeah, excuse me. That's right. Now, watch where you're walking so it doesn't happen again. Yes, sir, the boy answered and then turned and disappeared down the long corridor. Only a few seconds later, another boy, sitting across the room, greeted him, also speaking with an accent. Hope you enjoy your stay. Jake looked at Edgar. Don't mind the accents, Edgar told him. It's a common side effect. It wears off, eventually. He looked at his pocket watch. Ah, you're just in time for dinner. What luck. I hope you're hungry. Jake wasn't hungry, not even a little. He still had enough spaghetti in him to feed a small village. But it was obvious he wouldn't have much say in the matter, so he followed Edgar into the formal dining room. The room was brightly lit by four crystal chandeliers, Kids poured into the room from various entrances and sat at the ridiculously long table. Some of them sauntered carefully to their chairs. Others elbowed their way to the best seats. It was a wacky group to behold. 
Their personalities were all over the map. Half of them were proper and patient, regular gentlemen and ladies. The other half were downright disgusting to be around. And that's saying something coming from Jake. Jake found an open seat between a girl who carried herself like a princess and a boy who looked like he'd just crawled out of a dumpster. He kept passing gas, and the smell was competing with the princess girl's perfume. When the food was placed before him, Jake did what he'd always done. He dug in with his bare hands. Splat! A yellow custard splattered onto his forehead. Stunned, he wiped it away and looked around to see who'd thrown it. None of the kids reacted. In this house, we use our utensils when we eat. Edgar coached from the head of the table. His chair was tall gold and had red velvet cushions. The rest of the chairs looked like throwaway bar stools in comparison. Jake picked up the fork, poked it into his meat, then raised it to his mouth. Mmm, that's not half bad. Another glob of custard was flung at him, this time landing in his open mouth and nearly choking him. Edgar patiently folded his hands in front of him. Mr. Bolton, here at the manor we ask that you don't speak with your mouth full of food. And since we're on that topic, we'd appreciate it if you would chew with your mouth closed as well. No one wants to see or hear what's being chewed. Jake swallowed. Where did that come from? Edgar dabbed the corners of his mouth and nodded to the dozens of food carts surrounding the table. Our serving trays are configured to shock you every time you display a bad-mannered behavior. It is a teaching technique that I believe you'll find quite effective. Jake caught the glance of a shell-shocked boy across the table who nodded at him numbly. Behind him, and all around them, were trays upon trays, stacked with plates of food, all equipped with big spoons, pulled back, aimed and spring-loaded, ready to fling food at anyone who did something rude at the dinner table. Oh, boy, Jake said, picking his fork back up. Splat! A girl a few seats over got a face full of peas after coughing without covering her mouth. Splat! Splat! Twins got creamed with pie for reaching over someone for more food. Edgar followed it up by showing them how to politely ask the person next to them to please pass the food. Splat! A quiet girl got a hair full of gravy for wiping her hands on her dress instead of using her napkin. Splash! The stinky kid next to him got a cold splash of water for passing gas again. Splat! Splat! Splatity! Splat! Jake got several loads of mashed potatoes, hot buttered rolls, and asparagus flung at him for multiple offenses. For not saying thank you for the dinner, for pointing and staring at someone, for interrupting when someone else was talking, for rudely commenting on how big Edgar's nose was, for picking his nose. By the end of dinner, Jake looked like a food monster. After dessert, which ended up splattered across Jake's chest, they were all excused, and Edgar showed Jake to his room. Wait, I'm staying the night? Jake asked. Edgar, still with his eyebrow cocked, chuckled to himself, trying to do so politely. <laughs> oh, goody, this is one of my favorite parts. You didn't notice the suitcase your parents packed you? Well, yeah, so... Mr. Bolton, 
You aren't here to stay the night. Jake let out a sigh of relief. You're here to stay the entire summer. What? Edgar's long face fought back a smile. For whatever cruel reason, he clearly enjoyed the part where he got to surprise the kids with this sour news. Jake was too stunned to speak. Edgar gave him a weak pat on the back. It's a summer camp, my boy. A camp where you get to learn good manners and to stop being such an abhorrent child. From the looks of it, it's going to take a few summers to make any progress with you. Maybe several. Hopefully we can get you in presentable condition by marriage age. Jake dragged his feet into his room and plopped face first into his bed. That's the spirit, Edgar chimed. I'll leave you to it. Breakfast starts at 5.30 a.m. sharp. Don't be late. It's rude. Polite dreams, Mr. Bolton. He turned off the light and closed the door. The next morning, after being awoken by an obnoxiously loud grandfather clock in his room, Jake stormed downstairs to the dining room, ready to stick it to Edgar. If that fancy man thought he was going to cram good manners down his throat, he was dead wrong. Dead wrong. Jake was going to be the rudest, nastiest house guest Edgar had ever seen. As they sat down to breakfast, the quiet shell-shocked kid from dinner noticed the crazy look in Jake's eyes. Oh no, he's gonna blow, he shouted. The mechanical food trays all swiveled to aim at Jake. Hit the floor, shouted the princess next to him. The kids all dropped under the table as Jake threw his utensils over his shoulders and slammed his plate of food into his face. Splat, 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 splat. Food catapulted from every angle. Jake took the blows and egged them on. He bounced his elbows on the table. Splat! He chewed with big, obnoxious, open-mouthed chomps. Splat! He belched. Splat! He picked both his nostrils at the same time. Splat! 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 It was Jake against the manor. Jake against Edgar. Jake against all his parents had ever nagged him about. Jake against... Ice cream? Splat! Mmm, that one was actually quite tasty. But before he could get a good lick, it was followed by a splatter of baby food spinach. That's it. Jake kicked it into high gear and pulled out every rude thing he could think of. As he did, more spoonfuls of food splattered him from head to toe. While food zipped across the table and pelted him like giant paintballs, the rest of the kids stayed on the floor, covering their heads. Edgar did no such thing. He just sat back and watched, amused, with his eyebrow cocked. Eventually, Jake ran out of rude shenanigans. Unable to think of anything else, he stood from the table and was met with another splat for not asking to be excused. Big deal, Jake thought. It's just food. I'll just go take a shower in my fancy bathroom. He was stopped in the doorway. And where do you think you're going? Edgar asked, blocking Jake's exit. Jake wiped half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich from his forehead. I'm going to wash up, he said. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Jake nodded. Edgar's eyes got excited, like this was another part of the job that he enjoyed too much. 
You want to take a nice warm shower and put on clean clothes? Hmm? Again, Jake nodded. Oh, and then you can lay around in your room, eating cheese puffs and playing video games for the rest of your stay? Actually, that sounds kind of amazing. Too bad! Edgar snapped. His toucan nose lowered within inches of Jake's face like it was getting ready to peck at him. Showers are for those who've learned their lesson. Or in your case, lessons. All 378 of them. That's an impressive amount of offenses, Mr. Bolton. Perhaps a new manor record. As a reward, I'd like to return the favor with something equally unprecedented. Three hundred and seventy-eight chores. What? Jake shouted. I've never even done three chores, let alone three hundred. Three hundred and seventy-eight, Edgar corrected. <sighs> Whatever. Edgar's cocked eyebrows somehow raised even higher. My, my. These habits are even more stubborn than I'd thought. You're like a king's pig. Spoiled, lazy, and disgusting. Jeez, why don't you tell me how you really feel? Okay. You're the slop of the king's pig. Rotten, revolting, grotesque. I get it. Edgar pulled a mop from a nearby closet. You'll start with the dining room. When the floor's clean enough to eat off of, I want you to do just that. Eat off of it, and then clean it again. Report back to me when you're done. Wow, and he says I'm rotten, Jake thought. Had he said it rather than thought it, he'd have a plateful of soup in his face by now. Jake took the mop and cleaned the dining room, and then the stairs, and then the hallways, and then his bedroom, and then a million other places. And so it was for days, weeks, a couple months even. Every day, Jake stubbornly committed more rude offenses, ignoring Edgar's instructions on good manners, and would end up doing chores most of the time he was awake. He refused to give in to that snob. Good manners, please. What did good manners ever get anyone anyhow? Besides, he wasn't minding the chores so much anymore. At least they kept him from getting bored. All the other kids just spent their time strolling through the rose gardens and reading in the library, which smelled like old wet wood. Jake had even gotten pretty good at dodging some of the food shots from the mechanical trays. At one point... He pushed through a door and let it close on that princess girl behind him instead of holding it open for her. A second later, he heard a spring snap and saw a giant meatball flying through the air towards him. Jake ran for it. He sprinted down the hall, away from the soaring meatball. And then it happened in slow motion. He tilted his head and the hunk of beef skimmed by his ear and passed him. Sweet! He almost celebrated, but the meatball quickly ricocheted off the doorway in front of him and smashed into his face, knocking him clean off his feet. Oh, okay, that one hurt. Surprisingly, the girl who he'd been rude to came up to see if he was okay and helped him to his feet. As always, all he could really think to do was grunt and nod. Maybe he was a caveman. When the girl left, Jake saw something out the window. Are those go-karts? 
He ran up and pressed his tomato-pasted face against the window. It was! He'd never seen this side of the property before. All of his chores had been in the North Wing. He saw kids racing on Rolls-Royce go-karts, and next to them were roller coasters twisting and dropping. And was that a... No way. A Nerf War arena? Are you kidding me? This is what he'd been missing out on the whole time? He had to get out there. As much as it pained him to think of it, Jake finally decided he'd try one meal doing what Edgar had taught him. So, that night, Jake descended the grand curved staircase wearing a penguin tuxedo and a bow tie. His hair was neatly parted, and he walked with good, upright posture. After you, he said to the princess girl when they reached the dining room. The girl thanked him and entered before him. When everyone sat, Jake neatly placed the napkin on his lap. Edgar's cocked eyebrow nearly shot up into his hair when he saw it. What's more, he saw Jake politely compliment the girl's dress next to him. When dinner was brought, Jake used his utensils. When he needed more food, he politely asked the boy next to him if he could please pass it. Edgar put him to the test. Mr. Bolton, that is a very nice suit you're wearing, he said, trying to catch Jake talking with his mouth full. He couldn't wait to see him slip up and hear that flinging noise from the trays. But, to his amazement, Jake finished his bite, which he chewed with his mouth closed, and then said, Thank you, Edgar. Your suit is looking dapper as usual. Edgar couldn't believe it. Was he seeing things? Surely this wasn't the same boy that was burping the ABCs while he polished his shoes yesterday. Hmm, Edgar, you've really outdone yourself, Jake said, finishing another bite. This meal is deli- Edgar sprang out of his chair. What are you? Splat! A huge bowl of pudding whizzed over the table and splattered over his face. The pudding drooped off his toucan nose in big globs. The kids at the table did everything they could to fight back a laugh. Jake remained poised. He dabbed the corners of his mouth with his napkin and then in a British accent said, I'd love to hear what you have to say, Edgar, but... It is rude to interrupt when someone else is talking. The pudding wiggled in strings off Edgar's nose as he trembled with rage. His mouth opened to say something, but he was interrupted by a knock at the door. Several anxious knocks. Edgar quickly wiped his face, forgetting a little spot on his cocked eyebrow, and then went to answer it. When he returned to the dining room, he asked for Jake to follow. At the door were Jake's parents, who went bug-eyed when they saw their son in a penguin suit and bow tie. Is it time already? Jake asked. His parents raised their eyebrows at the sound of his British accent. Oh, but I didn't get to do the go-karts yet. Uh, sorry, son, his dad said, still bewildered. We could only afford to keep you here this long. I sold my car just to get another few weeks out of it. No, father. I am the one who is sorry, Jake said, again surprising his parents with his accent. I've been rude and nasty and selfish and... Did I say rude? Uh-huh, 
his mom nodded. Jake turned to Edgar, who was still fuming. Well then, Edgar, it looks like the go-karts will have to wait till next summer. I'll be saving my pennies for a speedy return. I do look forward to it. Thank you for a wonderful stay. He reached out and shook Edgar's hand. All Edgar could do in return was grunt and nod. decide if the manor's manor is a place I'd want to be. Edgar is kind of a crazy dude, but I think since I have half-decent manners, it would be worth it, especially since it has go-karts. I mean, come on, go-karts? Would you have good enough manners to make the stay at the manor's manor enjoyable? Would you chew with your mouth closed when you're eating and not speak with a mouth full? Would you ask, could you please pass the rolls? Instead of reaching across the table over people to get it like a caveman or cavewoman, would you say thank you when they pass it? These are all good questions. Rocketeers should always try to be polite. We say please and thank you. And always thank your parents for the meal they prepared for you. They worked hard to make it. Or if they take you out to eat, say thank you for that. That's nice of them to do that. What about when other people are talking and you really, really want to say something? Do you just jump in and interrupt? Guess what? I have a hard time with that sometimes because I get really excited about what I have to say. I know that's hard to believe. But it's very important that we wait patiently until there's a pause in your parents' conversation or simply say, excuse me, if it's something that you need to tell them right away. If all else fails, remember these words, Rocketeers. Please, thank you, and excuse me. Say those words and you're already ahead of the game. Work on your table manners. Make sure others aren't seeing or hearing what you're eating so that you don't ruin other people's appetite or make it hard for them to enjoy their meal. Work on your manners, Rocketeers. Be a good example to those around you. I know you can do it. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next Monday for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.